Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thank you so much for listening. My guest today is Linda Jager. Before we get to Linda, I do have some announcements to make. And first and foremost, I will be on TV this weekend. That's right. I will be on CNBC April 23rd, this Saturday, 12.30 p.m. Pacific Time, which means 3.30 Eastern. It will be the premiere of my show that I hosted 10 Things You Must Do in Taiwan. So check it out. I talked about it on this show before. I talked about it after I got home from it. We shot it last uh, November in Taiwan, and it was great. And I enjoyed it. I'm out promoting it right now this week in New York and Houston. And you out there can see what I'm talking about. So check it out. 10 Things You Must Do in Taiwan. Or possibly they'll list it as Best of Taste Taiwan Something about Taiwan. <laughs> Go to your local guide, DVR it, tape it. Do you still use VHS? Whatever you got to do. Or watch it live. So it's this weekend, April 23rd on CNBC. Hope you check it out. Our website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website. You can see photos of the guests. You can see articles that I've written and that some of the guests have written. And you can see links to all our social media, which is, of course, Twitter, TravelTalesPod on Twitter, Instagram, TravelTalesPodcast on Instagram. Follow us on both of those platforms, please. And there's a link to our Facebook page and, of course, Stitcher Radio and iTunes, where you can subscribe for free. And if you are going to uh, listen to us on iTunes, why not give us a good rating? That helps people find the show because it boosts our presence, and that's always a cool thing to do. All right, let's talk about Linda Jager now. Uh, Linda is the Director of Communications for Visit Park City. And a friend of the show, Lisa Ellen Niver from We Said Go Travel, invited me to go skiing in Park City a few weeks ago. Went up there for a couple days, had a couple really good days of skiing. It snowed. It was awesome. And as an added benefit, I got to meet Linda, who is the Director of Communications for Visit Park City. And I asked her everything you want to know about Park City, about visiting in the summer, visiting in the winter, and talked to her about her experiences working for the U.S. Olympic Committee and traveling to places like the Sochi Olympics uh, in Russia. So I really enjoyed meeting her. I want to thank her for uh, setting up the shuttle that got me to and from the airport. And that's the thing about Park City, folks. It's close to the airport. The ski lifts in Park City, you can just go in like almost a half hour from the Salt Lake City Airport. You could be right up at the lift. Very cool. And uh, I want to thank Linda for setting that up. And I hope to get back there in the summer. I love mountain towns in the summer. So much to do if you're an active person like me. And I can't wait for my next trip to Park City. So please enjoy my conversation with Linda Jager. Uh, 
position? Sure. Like? I'm the director of communications here for Visit Park City. So we're the CVB for the destination of Park City. And I've been here going on my third year, but I've been in town for 16 years. 16 years. Yes. And we're originally from where? Originally from Long Island, New York. Long Island? Yeah. What is a nice Long Island girl? <laughs> How did she make her way out to Utah? Skiing. What's his name? Skiing. Okay, skiing, 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 skiing. Yeah, yeah. so I actually grew up skiing uh, in the Northeast. In Vermont? In Vermont, New Hampshire, and a little bit of Maine, a little bit of Connecticut, a lot of New York. (laughs) And um, so I grew up skiing on ice, and my first trip out west in college, my senior year for spring break, I skied in Colorado and discovered powder. So I immediately moved to Denver upon graduation and then came out here to Park City a few years later. And I definitely think the snow is better. Yeah. Okay. I've heard more than one person say that. A lot of times, I mean, you kind of have to say it, let's be honest. Um, But people who are like better skiers than I am say that there's something different about the snow in Utah. Yeah, what do you think it is? I think, not technically speaking, I don't have a background in meteorology, <laughs> but um, the snow is definitely lighter, and um, we tend to, also on the front side of the Wasatch Mountains, where we sit right now, we're on the back side of the Wasatch Mountains, front side of Wasatch Mountains always get um, a lot of lake effect snow, so a little extra oomph to the snowstorm, so right. um, yeah, we just have, it tends to be lighter. Uh, fluffier powder, so a little easier to ski. And I've always said the greatest thing about uh, Park City as compared to Colorado mm-hmm. is the distance from the airport to the ski. It's pretty amazing. Half hour. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Colorado where it's like two, two and a half hours. Well, depending on where you land in Colorado. So right. you can fly in. I like to in. say Summit County. Yeah. It's, it's you a can, you, you can fly in, but from the new airport location. Well, it's not so new anymore, but when right. I lived there. No, um, I, went to, I went to Stapleton oh, okay. once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so I remember when they built the new one. Uh-huh. Because I was doing uh, colleges a lot. I was mm-hmm. playing, uh, doing stand-up and sure. traveling the country. And I got stuck. It had just been open. And it had a freak snowstorm that, I don't know if you were living there for, it was like October. In the it 80s? Was, no, no, no. This 90s? was like mid, no, this would be mid-90s. Okay, Right yeah. when it opened. I actually was stuck. And people got trapped out there. I was there. stuck in Hawaii. Oh, <laughs> stuck in Hawaii. <laughs> I couldn't get home. Sounds awful. Yeah, but I remember that was a kind of. Yeah, that was a big deal. Big deal. Yeah. Yeah, but um, no, it's, you know, here in, in Utah, the proximity to Salt Lake International Airport is ideal. So as you've experienced in this trip, you really can be getting off the plane if you're carrying on your bags or even checking your bags easily up here and uh, putting on your ski boots within an hour. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. So I'm sure that's a big selling point when you... You know, it's in all the brochures and everything else. It is. Accessibility is definitely a great selling point, but a lot of people don't realize or ex- really know about it until they actually experience it once. And they're like, wow, that was such an easy <laughs> ski trip. I am going back to Utah. So whether it be Park City or, or some of our other ski resorts, it's it's really easy to get around. And what? you don't need a car, actually, um, oh, when yeah. you come to Park City. So. It's a great bus system here. Great bus system. Uh, lots of shuttles from the airport. It's really easy and very affordable. So you can get a ride up here once you're in Park City depending on where you're staying. A lot of our hotels have on-demand shuttles. We have a free shuttle service throughout town, and then we also have Uber and great uh, local transportation companies, so you really don't need a car. In terms of um, the amount of uh, runs and lifts and everything as compared to, say, I don't know, Vail or pick something like that. How does uh, Park City rank compared to that? Well, you know what? Park City this year debuted as the largest ski resort in the United States. The largest? Yes. So that's uh, Park City Mountain Resort. Uh, What happened 
last year, Vail purchased Park City Mountain Resort, and they have been operating canyons for the last several years. So what they did over the summer is invested $50 million in improvements and built a gondola connecting the two mountains and making them one. So it's now the largest ski resort in the U.S., a little bit shy of Whistler up in uh, <laughs> British Columbia in terms of uh, skiable acres, but that being the largest in North America. And then, of course, we have Deer Valley, which is consistently ranked number one in lots of uh, ski magazine reader polls right. for a variety of things. Now, Deer Valley, I think, is a little more uh, upscale, I guess. It's a different... Ex- I, both of the mountains have their different personalities. Um, it's a great spe- skiing experience at both. What you'll find at Deer Valley, what you won't find, I should say, are <laughs> snowboards. So that's okay. a skiing-only destination. There are just three left. In is the Aspen United Mountain States. one of them? Aspen is, an, it is Alta, uh, Deer Valley, and... Sorry, my northeast. <laughs> I'll have to look that one up for you. Yeah, yeah so, no, yeah. There's, there's dwindling now. It's um, So you've been here in how many years? 16, you Been said? in town 16 years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what were you doing before you were working for the visitors here? I actually used to do public relations for Olympic sports. Oh, so okay. I, before I took this job, I was in Sochi. And I did uh, PR for the U.S. biathlon team. Wow, which is pretty interesting. And I was in Sochi for a month. And, okay, um, we got to talk about that okay, because sure. Sochi. I had heard some uh, some crazy things about Sochi. Basically, they built a town that didn't exist. Kind of right. Well, down a lot of it was brand for, new for the games. Yeah, for fifty billion dollars, you know, they invested a lot to welcome the world, and they were great facilities. I was up in the mountains, which was called Krasna Poliana. Okay, um, so it was the alpine menu, so where you have downhill skiing and bobsled skeleton luge um, a lot of those different uh, on snow events and it was great it actually reminded me a lot of park city up there just the the vistas i <laughs> made me feel at home after you know being so far away from home for a month so it was very familiar that way but, but uh, they did a great job really yeah they did from my end everything was smooth and um Particularly biathlon because Russians love biathlon. It's a very niche sport, so it was um, wildly, wildly popular there. <laughs> so yeah, they like. It's it right on the sea, right? Um, the, yes. So okay. Sochi, the Adler Complex, which was about a half hour from where I was staying, was right on uh, the Black Sea. Not Black Sea. Oh, sorry, no, told yeah. there be no geography. Yeah, it's right down there, and um, that was the most of the stadium venues were down in that area. So it was definitely a little bit warmer, um, you mm-hmm. know, 50s, 60s. And then I also worked in Vancouver with the short track speed skating team. Oh, so fun! I was uh, down in the city for um, that particular Olympics there for a month too. So that was a lot of fun. So when you when you work on something like the Olympics, so you didn't work on the Salt Lake City Olympics. I didn't. I was a spectator. Okay. Yeah. So did that inspire you to go work for the Olympics? Um, I've always just kind of found my way into sports PR. I, a long time ago when I was based in Denver, worked for an agency and I had USA Wrestling, which is the oh, yeah, wrestling yeah, yeah. NGB. Not professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always yeah. had to clarify that. Yeah, yeah, not with Hulk Hogan and yes, everybody else. No, sure. but with the Olympic wrestlers. And then I also worked uh, with the USA Gymnastics team. Oh, um, wow. And doing some events in PR uh, through this agency. What do you think draws you to athletics and that kind of thing as someone who does PR and stuff like as opposed to 
working for some other company. You know, it's funny. In Denver, it was definitely coincidental. But once I moved here to Park City, when we first came out in 2000, uh, it was right before the 2002 Games. And having had some background in Olympic sport and living right here in Park City, we had so many events going on during the Olympics. And um, it was just such a vibrant place to be during the Games. So um, it's really part of our community. It's part of our DNA here. So whether or not um, you're competing in it, you probably know an Olympian or in fact when we first moved here I think I had four or five on my right in my immediate neighborhood um, so oh, wow. it's just part of you know part of life here so when I had the opportunity to uh, do some work with the Utah um, Utah Olympic Legacy Foundation, which is the organization that runs the venues um, after the games because we had a nice surplus um, to keep our venues going. Um, it was just a natural fit because I had a little bit of experience there. So here in Park City, we have the Utah Olympic Park, and that was the site for Nordic ski jumping, all the sliding sports, so bobsled, skeleton, luge, and um I you know, took a job up there and <laughs> literally in my backyard. It was great. And uh, then that just led to the other uh, working in the other games. So. Well, you heard about all these stories a lot of times with the summer games, too. Like you could go to Athens mm -hmm. and they spend all this money on it. And now there are these decrepit old buildings and stuff like that. I mean, I know in Winter Olympics, it's a it's a. I guess it's a it's smaller amount of athletes for sure than the Summer Olympics. A little but bit. still, you have to build facilities. Mm -hmm. So when you build a brand new bobsled run, like they did, it was a 2002? 2002 here. Mm -hmm. um, how do you keep it maintained? What do you use? Is there like an annual event or do they... Absolutely. So a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of uh, Olympic sites don't keep the venues open and operating. We here in, in Utah have made that a priority. So for instance, at the Utah Olympic Park, we host World Cup competitions at the Utah Olympic Park in bobsled, skeleton, luge, um, ski jumping, and um, it is a vibrant place in the summer. You would say, well, winter venue, what do you do in the summer? But uh, they have a 750,000-gallon uh, splash pool that the aerial athletes on skis, there are all these ramps that oh, go yeah, into the yeah, pool, yeah. and they just did this amazing renovation over the summer. So you've got athletes from all over the world that come here to train in Park City. Um, because we're also at a high altitude, our base altitude is about 7,000 feet. That's ideal for athletes to train, so training mm -hmm. high um, and competing lower altitudes, really, really advantageous for them to come here and train. Um, and that's also, you know, they put bobsleds on wheels in the summer. <laughs> you, as a visitor to Park City, you can actually take a ride in the bobsled. So winter, it's on ice, and you've got a professional driver. A lot of times, oh my God, really? an Olympian. So that's amazing. so it's like a roller coaster. It's even more. This is all the G forces. That's than a, yes, then roller. When I get nauseous, I get nauseous easy. Well, it depends. It's fun. It's about a minute. Okay. <laughs> and it's about five Gs of horse in the winter on ice. Wow. So you're pulling some nice Gs, and uh, it's you know you're struggling to keep your head up, but it's very very safe. <laughs> they go through lots of safety procedures. You have a helmet, but again, you have an amazing, very qualified driver. Same in the summer. Um, we have it piloted bobsled rides, so you can take a ride where the bobsleds on wheels. So a little bit slower. Uh, you're going about. 60 miles an hour in the summer and about 70 in the winter so wow yeah it's right so, four g's of <laughs> one less g so for people who don't ski mm -hmm. uh, but they come out here in the winter what are their other options of things to do 
Well, if you don't ski and you want to enjoy the outdoors in Park City, lots of different things you can do range from snowshoeing. Uh, we also have a new snow biking opportunity. So it's fat tire bikes, just like <laughs> mountain biking, right. um, but on the snow. So you can get out and do that. It's great. I've, I've introduced a lot of people to that sport. And they really, really enjoy <laughs> that sounds it. sounds fun. Yeah, it is super fun. I wish I'd stay longer. I would do that. <laughs> yeah. Go cross-country skiing. Uh, we have some really great trails that are set um, on our golf course. And then there are also other trails throughout Park City that are free. So if you have some equipment, you can get on and explore on your own or go on um, some guided trails as well. Um, there's We have a unique opportunity with a yoga um, organization in town. They do Park City Yoga Adventures. They'll take you snowshoeing. And then they take you over to a geothermal crater, which is just about 15 minutes outside of town. And you do yoga inside the crater. It's a natural warm pool. I think it's upwards of 90 degrees. You do it on the stand-up paddleboard. So doing a little getting out in the cold and warming up with some (laughs) yoga inside. Things like that. But we also have great shopping on our um, historic Main Street. So lots of unique shops. Uh, You really don't find many chains here in Park City. Tons of places to eat. So if you're a foodie, you like to discover destinations that way, as I do, uh, you can really keep busy between breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And a little drinking. Oh, yeah, a little. Okay, well, we'll get to that because I know when people think Utah, they wonder if they can get a drink. Mm -hmm. So what are the rules here? I know they're different, and then there's the near beer thing, and then there's... What's, what's happening here? Well, actually, the liquor laws have really um, become in line with a lot of others that you see in other states. But Park uh, City is probably Olympics. different than the last rest of Utah. No, we all, we all have the same rules in oh, really? state, yes. But there are a couple different um, levels of licenses that um, different restaurants and taverns and so on and so forth have. But really, I mean, if you want to go into a bar, it's, it's just <laughs> yeah. like you would in New York. You walk in, you, you drink. Right. So it's really easy. There are no. Um, you know, we used to have these private memberships, yeah, clubs like or that. something, right? That's been long gone. That okay. was that was done away with before the Olympics. So um, yeah, you can't have the Italian ski team here <laughs> and say they want wine. You got to give them wine. That's yeah. just the way it is. But we do have um, three two beer, strength beer, and that's the beer that's sold in grocery stores. Um, okay. So you can buy beer in grocery stores. Anything you can buy full strength beer and any type of liquor in our state liquor stores. Okay. So here in Park City, we have three. And but they also, uh, we have a lot of um, manufacturers or proprietors of liquor here in town. So, yeah, I saw there was a distillery yeah. on Main Street. So like High a whiskey West, distillery. Yeah, High West Distillery opened about seven years ago. And it's Utah's first and only, I think the world's only ski in, ski out whiskey distillery. Oh, wow. So you can actually, if you're skiing Park City Mountains, ski in, go have lunch, do a little whiskey flight tasting and then head back up on the chairlift. But you can go in there. Um, they've won all sorts of awards for their different blends of whiskey. It's it's a really great spot. And they actually sell on Sunday because they manufacture there. So that's okay. one of the uh, liquor laws. We have Everybody uh, else is closed on Sunday? No, everyone's open, but in terms of buying, liquor stores aren't open on the stores, Sunday. Okay, so if like, you really needed something, if you're having a little get-together, you can run over to High West Saturday. and pick up a bottle of hooch, oh, yeah, as you got they that. say. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, we also have some breweries in town, um, microbrews, so they will sell um, on site as well. And um, We have a winery in town. Now, yeah, so I can, visited that yeah, already. I'm, I'm, it's brand new. They just opened uh, a couple weeks ago. We have another winery that just makes wine. They don't have an oh. open tap room, but you can uh, buy wine from them, too. So. Give us the name of the the winery the one um, old town cellars old town is our newest cellars. winery on main street and the other is cognition so. yeah there were nice guys in there yeah yeah, it's yeah really, they were cool yeah it's really 
That's funny. So, okay, give me, give me one. Let's go back to the Olympics for uh-huh. me because this, because I've never been to one. Any crazy incidents there in terms of like things going wrong, things happening? Because we heard the stories of like, you know, two toilets put together in the same hotel uh, that room. That was actually the... at my venue. I didn't oh, see really? it. Yeah. I saw it was at the biathlon venue, but I didn't see it. I was looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> Like brown water or something yeah. coming out of the tap. And I think the water issues are more because it was new construction. Yeah. And um, I didn't experience any of that. Uh, they actually, I stayed with media, which typically press officers will stay with media. And one of my hotel, the hotel I was in was not quite ready, but they had it ready the day <laughs> yeah. I got there. So I was very happy. And it was great accommodations. It was, you know, sort of reminded me a lot of um, some U.S. chains and very comfortable. And uh, the staff there was so accommodating. They really, they knew that everyone, it was a long time to be somewhere. And so yeah. they took really good care of us. The food was great. Um, I, I was going to ask about the food. discover, I had my first taste of borscht. Ooh. I really liked it. I like beets. Yeah. Oh, I see. I hate, if you don't like My beets, grandmother really used to make borscht and oh. I just couldn't take it. She used yeah. to put it in jars like mason jars uh-huh. to save it like she was old country old yeah. school now yeah. borscht was pretty good it was good I didn't mind it um, and I missed you know the sort of I'm not usually a chain girl but I do need my Starbucks so, oh, yeah. so I kind of missed that <laughs> there was one down in, at the village Adler down by the water occasionally you know there'd be some media come up with Starbucks cup and I'm like where did you get that <laughs> um, vodka was great vodka yeah I was going to say vodka they, was very very good and yeah it's at every meal right they put it out uh, I didn't see any of my meals. It. They offer it. Yeah, <laughs> sure. it's 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 plentiful. Um, I did bring some back with me, and I oh, tucked sure. some in my boots and my luggage to keep it <laughs> safe. And uh, <laughs> but it was uh, it, it was great, and uh, people were really friendly. A lot of folks, you know, spoke some basic English. So you know, I, I learned I don't remember as many, but I learned a couple of words and <laughs> um, would say hello and thank you and goodbye. Um, I think there was only one day that I met a shuttle driver and. Um, he just, you know, was speaking in Russian, didn't seem to like the U.S., but nothing, yeah, well, nothing, yeah. yeah. But that was fine. It was, everyone was great. They were really great volunteers. And having been in a couple different games, including here hosting, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, they were just as friendly as everyone else. So. Was there any particular games that um, stand out in your mind that ran particularly well other than Salt Lake City. Salt know. Lake was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and we, we actually would be ready to host again with like a few very minor tweaks. Uh, the venues, as I mentioned, have been operating successfully. Right. They're in great condition and, um, you know, where we're located with the airport, it's just so easy to get in and out. So I'm sure they'll be back here one day. Are they bidding already? To, have they put in bids? To- Not yet. Uh, right now, the U.S. is hoping, uh, I think, Los Angeles in for summer hmm. as an opportunity. And uh, I think once we host another domestic summer, maybe there's a chance to bring one back right. to the States for winter. But, uh, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No. But we, uh, you know, you can come here in wintertime and have a little mini Olympics. Um. In fact, in 2019, 18, we're going to be hosting the uh, World Championships for freestyle skiing and free skiing. So each of the ski areas will be hosting. One will be hosting aerials and moguls. Another will be doing half pipe and free skiing. So. A little bit like a little mini Olympics again. Right. Yeah. Do you have an annual, like, are you on the World Cup tour for skiing? Yes. We're on the World Cup for freestyle. Um, so Deer Valley hosts freestyle competition every year. And then we also host a lot of uh, NORAM or uh, U.S. competitions in both snowboarding and free skiing at okay. Park City Mountain Resort. Okay. What is the population of Park City? 
in Park City proper. We're about 8,000 people that live here year-round. But sometimes during the year, especially during Sundance... Yeah, I was going to ask, what is the population during Sundance? Sundance brings in about forty to 45,000 people during Sundance. So that's probably our Full of Hollywood idiots like me. Max capacity. No, I love Sundance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I knew somebody who lived here. The the one time I was here before... They uh, they hated Sundays because I guess because it, it was so crowded, mm-hmm. and they said a lot of the locals leave. Well, they they make so much money renting out their place. Some people can that they, yeah. that they leave. Yeah, no, I I I love it. I embrace it. Is that I two love weeks? film. It's ten days. Ten days. Ten days. Usually the latter part of January. Um, actually, they just moved, so we are in the second of ten years. That they are, um, they used to start right before Martin Luther King weekend, and that's such a popular ski weekend. So oh, yeah, that's a huge one. The festival was great and decided to move a little bit later, so as a ski community, we could welcome guests yeah, to yeah. come in for that long weekend. But it's great, 10 days. Um, you know, the first four or five days tend to be a lot more, you see a lot of celebrities, celebrities <laughs> here throughout, but more right. paparazzi, more gifting suites. Um, it's great. I mean, it's very, it's a very vibrant, fun event. That's why <laughs> uh, restaurants, you know, are packed. Main Street is just definitely people watching Central. And it's a lot of fun. And then uh, the second half of the festival, festival, the the quality of films and um, also filmmakers and actors that are in films doing Q&A, that continues throughout the entire festival. So if you're a film lover, I even think that the second half of the festival is even more amazing because it's just, you know, you really can can focus on on the film. For a small town, I mean, do you have the capacity of uh, theaters and like rooms and does it get a little tough to... Find places for all these? It, it, no, it's great. It's amazing to see the transformation. I mean, it's been here for almost 30 years. So um, the main theater is our high school performing arts center, which for a high school, it's a state-of-the-art performing arts center because of Sundance. So Sundance is here. Good for their, the kids. Uh... Yeah, their offices, their uh, festival offices here in Park City. So they're mm-hmm. a year-round member of our community and really do a lot to support us. So having something like that with amazing sound and uh, very it's a beautiful theater so that's the main theater and then uh, we take places like our library which used to be a high school and has an auditorium so that becomes a screening room um uh, um, several different conference centers, um, a Jewish temple down the road, um, you know, lots of things can transform into screening venues. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. I mean, it's kind of fun. We have a rec center that turns into <laughs> the basketball area, turns into sure. a venue. It's, it's great. They just have it down and can make it happen. And it's uh, the free shuttle. We actually add a lot of buses to town during oh, yeah. Sundance. So it's really easy to get around. I definitely don't recommend ever driving a car during Sundance because it is crowded and just let the shuttles take you and it's easy a lot very easy to so after Sundance what's with the next biggest like week Uh, President's Week is a big ski week for us and so a lot of people come from all over the country for that week Uh, so typically that's kind of a peak week for us Um, we're definitely seeing spring Um, It's been busy, but it continues to grow. So it depends on spring break schedules. But this year, it just seemed it was like about five weeks of spring break for us. So (laughs) we're getting ready to um, kind of cap off the ski season next on the 10th. So about a week and a half. So I uh, did a media trip for Vail as well. Okay, great. Uh uh, Last year, two years ago. Two years ago. And uh, it was for the summer Mm -hmm. because you did try to promote as a summer destination as well. Everybody knows to go skiing. Mm-hmm. So what do you do here in the summer to bring more people out and attract more people? 
Well, summer actually does more than attract new people. When people come for the summer, they decide to move here. (laughs) I mean, skiing is great, but it is so glorious in the summer. Um, We have... Oh, yeah, the bobsled. Yeah, you can do that. Um, Really what makes us unique is lots of things, but we have 400 miles of public access trail. So you can go out and mountain bike. It's all different um, ability levels, great hikes, horseback riding. Uh, Really just get out and immerse yourself in, in our backyard and nature. So it's beautiful. Beautiful. So that's really unique. Um, the both of our ski resorts have summer operations. So they do lift serve mountain biking, um, lots of different activities. Uh, Deer Valley just installed a flow rider um, biking course. So it's really fun. You just kind of go and weave around, and <laughs> lots of lots of. It's very very popular. A flow rider. A flow rider is the name of the the designer. Okay, so it's a what kind of a? It's a, just like a, a designed um, dirt course. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's really. Oh wow! Yeah, All right. Yeah. So you've lived I in can, both. I can confirm that. For okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you lived in both Colorado mm-hmm. and Utah. What would you say the differences were between them, if there are any? Well, I lived in Denver. So Denver versus Park City, a lot of differences. Well, Denver's bigger. Yes. Uh, Park City is just such a great, you have small town, really authentic feeling, a lot of locals and really happy, friendly locals. And you have a feeling of that old west, uh, you know, because we were a silver mining town before we were a ski destination. So you still feel a lot of that history. Um, Also, you know, even being a small town, we host these world-class events. So whether it be Sundance or when we host the Olympics or in the summertime, we have tons of music, live concerts and uh, free music that happens. We have a food and wine festival. We have a great arts festival that's been going on for almost 50 years. So it's like the world comes to our town and, uh, you know, we like to share it. Are the prices pretty comparative? I mean, about the same in, in, say, Vail as opposed to here uh for lodging or anything like you know cost of living stuff skiing the accommodation that kind of stuff you know i think where we differ from some of the other ski towns is that you know being so close to salt lake for year-round residents you know it's a great opportunity you can live here and work down in salt lake or right, you know yeah. with someone in your family like for in my family my husband works in salt lake so um i think that's really different and to have access to a city so close um, in terms of cost, you know, things have definitely gone up the past couple of years, especially since we're now home to the largest ski resort in the U S <laughs> and, um, but otherwise it's, you know, really very reasonable here in town, uh, in terms of lodging as a guest coming in, you have a wide variety of things to choose from where we have some uh, national chains out, um, near the entryway to park city and then just exquisite luxury ski and ski out lodging. In fact, I think we have the most ski and ski out lodging than any other, uh, destination in North America. So we've got a montage and Stein Erickson, which is really sort of the, uh, famous here in park city. That's the only location. Waldorf Astoria, lots of really great brands. You have the St. Regis. Yep. We also have St. Regis too. Yeah. Very, yeah. So very really, nice. really nice brands. Mm-hmm. So Get, I'm, I'm fascinated by the Olympics. I don't know why. No, no, no. Go, yeah. So, um, of all you, you went to, other than Sochi and, of course, Salt Lake, what are the other things that stand out in your mind? Any big, crazy experiences? And watch some amazing event? Or what should people see? I don't know what to see when I go to the Olympics. Well, I love the ski jumping. That yeah. kind of, I've never seen that live. Uh-huh. I'd like mm-hmm. to see that. Personally, I love aerial ski jumping. I was a gymnast growing up, oh, so okay. I love to, you know, watch the flips and the turns and understand that a little bit. I couldn't ever That's do nuts, that. That's right? Yeah. But I you can try crazy. that in the summer. Like I said, you can come out oh, and try it in the pool. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be yeah, kind of fun. Yeah, it's lots of fun. Um, I actually, when you're working the games, 
you don't have a lot, a lot of opportunity to see the games. How because, about ski? Do you get a chance to ski? No. And oh. I really wanted to ski in Russia just to yeah. say bucket list. I skied in Russia, but I didn't. Um, so it's, but it's, you're so busy and it's just, you know, such an adrenaline rush the entire time. Um, I think probably a couple of my favorite experiences when I worked in Vancouver, um, it was Apollo Ono's last uh, Olympics. So I worked really closely with him and uh, he actually broke the record of most winning U.S. athlete in uh, Winter Olympics oh, um, right. during during Vancouver. So that was a lot of fun. And I've never seen that, like speed skating. Or, oh, speed skating like, is so much fun. It's like NASCAR right. on, well, yeah, there are two, just, short and long. So short track is like NASCAR on ice. Yeah, yeah they're bumping into each other and slide. it's crazy. And you never know. It's so unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen. But actually we had 10 athletes on our team and everyone won a medal in that games oh, and wow. so that was a lot of fun and as a press officer we take the athletes once they win a medal it's like 36 <laughs> hours of media immediately following that a lot nonstop. so we were really busy so it was really really great and just so fun to you know know these athletes and see them sort of reach the pinnacle of success and winning a medal it was really cool are certain nations are there certain nations that are just hard to deal with like press wise like their media and their representatives if you ever have to deal with them no everything is you know everyone is usually pretty fluent in english and if not you know you'll have a translator and are you fluent in any other uh, like... no i took five years of italian but it was proper italian so <laughs> <laughs> i would love to go immerse over there and <laughs> yeah you could ski there too <laughs> yes i could no that would be fun to do that but um yeah i uh it's not really useful i can understand it <laughs> a little bit but i can't speak it as well so okay yeah. so your bucket list as a skier, someone who skied her whole life, mm-hmm. you're, if you had one mountain, they said you can ski one more time. Give us one mountain that oh you would go to. Gosh, that's a tough one. <laughs> in Utah or anywhere in, in the, the world, world? In the world, I probably would want to go over to Switzerland. I'm not sure which one, but just but you've never done it. Never skied in Europe. Okay, never skied in Europe. Give me your just favorite one that you've done. Favorite one that I've done. Well, of course, Park City and well, Deer Valley. Yeah. Sure, of my course. Children are very Aside close to my heart. from here. <laughs> Aside from Aside here. Aside from here. Actually, another great mountain here in Utah is Powder Mountain. Where is it that? is located um, outside of Ogden, uh, about mm, from here in Park City. It's about an hour and a half. It's um, just reminded me of the mountains I used to grow up skiing in New England. Just very icy? basic. No, but not icy. <laughs> oh, okay. ama- powder, it's true to its name, powder, or Palmau, as okay. I like to say here in Palmau. Utah. Like it. It's amazing. It's just powder, just on and on and on and for days because it just doesn't get a lot of traffic and just a really great place to go. Always amazing. And How far from here is that? About an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah, about an hour and a half from here, so... North? Is it... uh, northeast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. You're probably much better than I am. I, <laughs> I did okay. I stick to the blues mostly. You stick to That's pretty good being yeah. from, a Cal, from California. Well, I'm from Illinois originally. Did I didn't ski till I was 14. Okay. So and I learned in Wisconsin. Oh, which, hey, that's uh, icy. Oh. I think if you learn on ice, horrible. you can do anything. Yes. You can like, get your edges, you're fine. And I, did, I had the same experience as you. Uh-huh. A friend of mine did the same thing you did. I went to college in, in, in Illinois, and then after graduation, he just threw everything in his truck and moved to, uh, yeah, actually, Summit County. Okay. And he worked at Keystone for like okay. 13 years. Okay. And uh, I went and visited him. Mm-hmm. 
for the first time, and then I was like, oh, this is skiing. The keystone oh. was the day I had my powder epiphany. Oh, yes. yes. That was where it, it was. It was just like, oh, yeah. you don't like go five minutes and then wait in line for 20 minutes and uh-huh. then go, oh, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I said, now I get it. Mm-hmm. Now I get it. Yeah. Um, so where do you see now with this merger and everything? I don't know how things have changed. You got a new gondola ride, right? The gondola. Hmm. It connects of- both... And that just opened this year. That just right? opened this December, today. yep. And uh, Miner's Camp, which is their new on um, Mountain Dining, too. which is right at the base of the gondola. Amazing. Really great food. Um, so Vail's definitely invested a lot in the mountain in terms of lift upgrades and uh, food and beverage upgrades and such. So I think that will continue. And then Deer Valley, you know, continues to just knock it out of the park <laughs> and everything that they do, especially their food. It's an amazing food product. If you haven't had a chance to go over there and dine yet, you need to. No, Everything I, is so good. <laughs> I think I have. I've been to, is that where the St. Regis is? Uh-huh. Okay, I have yeah. been. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I, but I just think, you know, um, just more and more people have been discovering Park City and that it's easy to get to and it's a great western town. So, you know, you have lots to do opera ski. So, yes, you can get, get a drink and you can actually go to a distillery and get a drink or a winery <laughs> and get a drink or a local brewery and get a drink. Um, lots of fun nightlife, great music scene, um, you know, hosting Sundance. It's an amazing time to be here. So, really, it depends on what you're looking for. And if you just want to kick back in the summer, I mean, it doesn't get really maybe like 80, 85 tops, no humidity. So that's another nice thing from coming from one of the coasts. Oh, I know. Just, it's beautiful. And we have long, long days in the summer. It doesn't get dark till about 9.30. So plenty of time to get out and mountain bike and hike and picnic and fly fish and do whatever you want to do. And I also tell people, and I don't know if this is true, the same it was in Vail, mm-hmm. that uh, the prices generally for lodging and stuff will be less in the summer. And some places half, you know, of what it is in the winter. Yeah, definitely less than the winter and summer, but you know, one of the best times to come out for deals is the fall. Yeah, the shoulder season. Oh, well, and, and sh- fall isn't even a shoulder season anymore. It used to be we'd have fall and yeah. and spring, but um, or just for about six weeks in spring, but fall is glorious, so you know, the weather is amazing. We do have a few more colors in the mountains than, than Colorado, <laughs> having having lived there and compared them. Right. Um, so it's gorgeous foliage. We have a hot air balloon festival we do in September. Lots of, you know, it's just not as crowded, but you still have those summertime amenities and activities that you can access. And it's definitely a great time to find some deals, especially at some of the luxury properties. What is the first day of the ski season opening or the first week? Typically, it, it varies each year, but typically uh, Park City will try to open around Thanksgiving and Deer Valley always mm-hmm. opens the first weekend in December and they open with a celebrity ski classic. So that's okay. always kind of a fun, fun thing to kick off with. But, um, you know, so if you're coming out for Thanksgiving, depending on the season or how the snow is going to be, you know, it could be great, mm-hmm. you know, good time. And but, until mid-April. Till usually the uh, second weekend in April. I okay. think next year we're going to close uh, Easter. I think it's the third, it might be the third week in April. So a little bit longer season next year because of the holiday. And oh, spring yeah. Breaks, so. And there's golf here too, right? There is golf. So you, yes. You skipped over the golf. Yes. Do you, do you golf? Uh, sure. Oh, yeah. Good. You know, balls go further at higher altitudes. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, yes. That's true. <laughs> so, Home runs do. Yeah. They say in Denver. Yeah. yeah. No, we have a, uh, actually, we like to call it the Muni, our municipal mm-hmm. course. So, 
community's awesome. It's great, 18 holes. And um, actually, it's really nice to do Twilight, go out there and play nine holes at the end of the day because we have such long days in the summer. But we also, Canyons Golf opened on the Canyons Village side of Park City Mountain Resort last year. So that's a brand new public golf course. Public golf courses, I understand, don't really pop up that often. New no, ones, no. so it's great. Um, some Not s- nice ones. <laughs> some serious altitude in the carts mm-hmm. to drive on the, on the cart path, so it's <laughs> it's great. And then we have amazing uh, private courses all throughout town. Uh, public, I'm sorry, Park Meadows, which is a country club in town, is operated by Stein Erickson Lodge. So if you're a guest at Stein's, you can go play at Park Meadows. And um, they used to host the Senior Open. It's a great, great course. And then we have Tuhay and Promontory and Glenwood. Wild, all kind of in the perimeter so um, those are private courses but hey if you have a friend that <laughs> lives on one of those definitely come out and play them so yeah, that's cool so yeah. we're finally where do you think like all this is going in terms of uh, growth I mean it's very easy for these resort towns to get overrun mm-hmm. sometimes overbuilt sometimes and or you've said they've kept uh, I know on purpose kept a lot of the chain stores and things out. Mm-hmm. Is that by design and zoning, or is that like, I mean, why is that on purpose? Or well, no, I think that in in Park City proper, um, actually, there's really you know limited room for growth. We have a lot of open space, and that's really very deliberate on behalf of our city government, and also in zoning for um, chains coming in. I mean, you'll find. Starbucks, you know, yeah. no one needs to find Starbucks. Well, for but, you, I think we've yeah, established know, you, yeah. you have a problem. <laughs> we don't have a Starbucks on Main Street anymore. But um, the Main Street, when I talk about no chains, that's really kind of our core. There are a couple on Main Street, uh, like a Lululemon opened not too long ago, and it's definitely something that all locals really, we love our yoga. So That, that seems like a product of Sundance. Yeah. That kind of seems like a... Well, I mean, you know, it didn't... No, there's a lot I of... I can't imagine there's not a Starbucks on Main Street during Sundays. There's not. Really? We have um, a couple local co- really great local coffee shops, but yeah. um, we have Starbucks in our grocery store, and there's a standalone, and... Because yeah. I've had a couple agents, if they didn't get their, you know, proper latte, <laughs> that they would... Ugh. No, we have our, our local uh, providers of caffeine are really good. Um, we have a really great organic spot on Lower Main Street, and they're really good. But, um, no, so I think, you know, I, we're really passionate about kind of our history and who we are and our identity, and really keeping that. And I think it's something that visitors really welcome when they come here, because it's real. It's not... We're not right. inventing... Um, this old western town it's as I said before we're, we were a silver mining town way before we were a ski destination so you kind of can feel that spirit of town in fact what's really fun we have a mining whistle that goes off every night at 10pm I haven't heard that if you're as, if you're in town dining late 10pm it goes the, the whistle goes off and that was um, from back in the day when the, um, mining was happening and it meant that the mines were clear so if you had a miner in your family they should have been home by then. Oh, but they could have been at one of the store, one of the bars. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. I, I thought it was like a get home. Yeah, soon so whistle. if they're not home from the Monday, they like go find them at the bar. But um, so yeah, little things like that. Um, in fact, during. Labor Day weekend, we call it Miners Day, so we really celebrate the whole mining uh, history and legacy in town. So we have a big local parade, and then we have these mucking and drilling competitions, which is a mining activity where they're actually drilling through the stone. Oh, gosh. 
digging it all out. You know, because we still have a lot of miners here. So oh, yeah. it's a lot of fun. And 4th of July, actually, too, in summer, we're a great destination. We have the awesome parade. It's so much fun. And a lot of people come up here for that and fireworks and everything, too. So mining is still a big part of it. Yeah, it's not actually, you know, we're not still mining now, but... Oh, they're not? Um, yeah, no... not mining now, but okay, we're still... I was going to say. Yeah, a lot well, what did it used history. to be? Iron ore? Uh, silver. Silver. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Silver, big silver destination, yeah. Yeah, so... But I think, uh, you know, we're keeping our uh, our identity and our just charm of an old Western town, but like, continuing to welcome the world to come in and ski or come check out independent film or check out, you know, Olympic-level competitions. So lots to do. No. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, thanks for welcome. having me. Thanks for this having me. This has been great. And uh, i got to tell people, and if, and if people want to contact uh, anybody or have any questions, or what's the website that people can go visit? If you want to check us out, just go to visitparkcity.com. Visit That's Park easy. City. Well, I'm not going to make visit. you spell that. That's easy. <laughs> visit Park City. Well, thank you. Thank you. Take-